you cannot pour from an empty cup. So if you are not happy, you know, you cannot, you know, make other people happy around you or at least livable <laughs> around you. Welcome to the Breaking HR Podcast, where we wrestle with employment challenges for entrepreneurs, business leaders, and HR professionals. Here are your hosts, Jesse and Nathan. Welcome to the Breaking HR Podcast. I'm excited today to welcome my good friend, Shweta, to the program. So welcome to the Breaking HR Podcast, Shweta. Thanks, Jess, and thank you, Nathan. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And we're excited to have you. And we look forward to a conversation and quite specifically on self-care and wellness, which is a huge part of really what our HR friends deal with day to day. Getting into that, if you want to uh, sort of just open up with some background on what makes you passionate about this topic, self-care, self-help, self-wellness, I think we should just dive right all the way into it. For sure. So, you know, a little bit about myself, you know, before I start talking about the topic here. As you folks said, you know, I'm Shweta. I work as HR director for Neighborly Pharmacy. I have around 15 years of HR experience and my experience goes back to India. Worked for, you know, IT industry, moved to Canada, worked for manufacturing industry, uh, worked with cannabis industry. That's where, you know, I work very, very closely with uh, Jesse Cheatham. So that was a wonderful, wonderful journey. And then now, you know, in healthcare. So really, that's kind of, you know, the not so fun part about myself. But, you know, the the more fun part about myself is, you know, fun fact, I would say is, you know, I have uh, joined swim lessons recently. And, you know, I didn't uh, know that I could float, but I managed to swim from one end to the other end of the pool. So I'm um, really happy that, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm not drowning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just love traveling. And, and I have a new friend in my house. I got a new fish, a new addition. So I got a beta fish, really a first-time fish owner. I like trying different things that I have not done before. So Did you get the fish because you learned to swim or did you learn to swim because you got the fish? <laughs> Yeah, so I I guess, you know, I I got the fish after I joined the swim lesson. So probably, you know, I was um, probably mesmerized the way I was able to swim and maybe not drown. So that's why I I wanted to see a fish that could do the same thing, but really want to add like more, more life into my house. And that's why I kind of keep adding more life. So that's a little bit about, you know, myself, but, you know, really uh, about the topic today, I think, um, you know, self-care, it all begins with self-care. I'm very, very passionate about this topic, not only because, you know, we are just over a pandemic and, you know, uh, the importance of mental health and wellness is accelerated and amplified. It's not only because of that, even before pandemic, I think, you know, I was, um, uh, very, very interested and, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, with focusing on self-care and, you know, self-reflection. So that's kind of, you know, my journey towards, uh, you know, mental health or, you know, wellness. It started way before pandemic. And, you know, I have always been passionate about that. I always believe that, you know, 
you cannot pour from an empty cup. So if you are not happy, you know, you cannot, you know, make other people happy around you or at least livable <laughs> around you, right? So that's what I have always focused on. And that's the mantra of my life. It all started from there, of course, you know, in my role and after, you know, pandemic became more relevant. And, you know, I was able to really talk more about self-care and, you know, develop some initiatives and programs and, and really weave into the culture of our company. So I'm very happy that, you know, I'm able to do all of those things. Not really happy with pandemic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nor should we be. Yeah. So, you know, it did change. Um, a lot of our lives, but definitely the silver lining was that, you know, it helped us to pause and self-reflect and just see where you are today and whether you really want to get to where you want to be, whether you're on the right track, right? So I think that's what, you know, pandemic helped and, you know, it's uh, talking about, uh, spoken about more these days, but that's a little bit about, you know, my passion towards um, self-care and wellness as a whole. So you mentioned you were talking about this before the pandemic, which is great and kudos to you because I, I think the pandemic created a bigger awareness of this, but how have you seen the response to your efforts change? So an example is you're creating a program this is pre-pandemic. Do you find that since the pandemic, has the response been better from employees as well as from superiors that have to approve, you know, budgets for these kinds of things? Yeah, 100%. I feel that, you know, the the response rate and the participation rate has, you know, totally skyrocketed after, you know, a pandemic. I clearly see that pre-pandemic, it was nice, you know, to focus on self-care and focus on wellness, to have some kind of initiatives around wellness. It was kind of nice to have pre-pandemic, but now I think it has turned out to be must-have. I feel that, you know, it has definitely gained a lot of pickup after pandemic. People are really seeing the value in practicing those best wellness practices every day. They definitely are seeing that. They see the value. We are seeing a lot of participation. There's also been a lot of conversations around what next? What is the next initiative? How are we going to sustain this, you know, in the company? We really enjoyed doing this. It was a nice thing. It was a nice break. How can we continue doing this more often? And how can we make this more like a norm in the company, right? So, you know, there has already been conversations around that. The way you said that is exactly how it manifested, in my opinion, anyway. The fact that it went from a nice to have to mandatory to like, how do we up the game? The other thing I, I just wanted to add is I noticed a lot more entrepreneurs and people getting into that space, which is lovely. Like, it's awesome to see people being like, oh, you know, I noticed through the pandemic that I struggled with this and they'll create a new app or a new way of connecting around mental health. So I think because of that, that's going to drive more of these things of the what's next. And I think that's how I always look at business is it's usually you can see those early indicators in how many people are trying to create apps and create programs and new services. I think that really started to boom 
right around mid to end pandemic. Yeah, totally agree. And I can see that even on LinkedIn, every day, entrepreneurs reaching out to me, trying to sell a wellness product, 100%. And then it gives uh, the benefits folks more ammunition to, to, to sell add-ons, not pointing any fingers. <laughs> <laughs> On that, I'm curious what your favorites are or what kind of favorite initiatives are you using and why are they working so well? In my company, recently, we had a health and wellness campaign in the month of Jan. So generally, you know, January is the month where people have New Year resolutions, really the start of a new year where, you know, people have set right intentions for the rest of the year. So we thought that, you know, that's the best time to really launch. And it was a one-month campaign that we had, and we focused on various things. We kind of divided the entire month into, obviously, you know, four weeks. We had themes for each week. We had included posters that we sent out to the stores. We are a retail setup, which means that only the store leaders will have access to emails, not necessarily all the frontline staff. Really, we had to think about how can this message reach every single employee in our company, not just you know, the managers. We developed various initiatives in that one month. We had posters, we had some activities planned, uh, we had group activities where the store manager can involve their team to complete that activity and maybe, you know, picture or share an update on our internal communication app. We had some great prizes for people who participated in these initiatives. It could be random acts of kindness. It could be a water challenge day. It could be meditation. Start your day with meditation today. We had various activities like that. We also invited an external guest speaker who spoke about uh, the importance of wellness, gave us some tips how to manage burnout and anxiety. And also other thing that we included in this campaign was also a week of inspirational stories. We invited people to record any of their inspirational story, any story that they kind of came back resilient, any story that was very challenging for them, and how did they navigate those challenging times, and what did they do, and how do they feel now? This really was perceived very well in the company. It really opened up to all the employees. They were kind of making quick one-minute to two-minute videos. They were recording the videos. They got very vulnerable. They started sharing all those challenging times and, you know, how their mindset helped them to pass those times. And now today they are very proud about what they did during those times, right? That really sparked a lot of interest and a lot of comments back and forth. These were some of the things that you know, we did during that campaign, but that was just a start because it was such a big hit. So, you know, we are now talking about, you know, how we can have kind of monthly newsletters and, you know, include some monthly activities as well, you know, to keep that wellness talk going on in the company and it's just not one month where you need to focus on wellness really it is the entire year rest of your life just building those feasible practical monthly initiatives you know to remind them that you know hey take care of yourself do you find different levels of engagement with different age groups older versus younger hmm, that's an interesting question i guess you know we see 
at least in our company, when I look at the demographics, I think, you know, it is mostly 50-50, I would say, millennials 50 and, you know, the rest 50. So I think there was uh, participation from all different levels and, you know, different titles. I think, you know, the messaging from a millennial would be a little bit different than the messaging, you know, from a person who has seen life and who has immense experience. Life. I think the messages were really different and that kind of really helped us, I guess, because it was this holistic view of wellness. It is not this or that. It is this and that. It helped us to kind of, you know, hold conversations or hold polarity. It was not about, you know, yes, you got to do this black and white thing, but, you know, really everything makes sense. I just want to call it three things here. So one, kudos to you for having it in January because of two things. A, it's generally the saddest time of the year, right? Blue Monday, all those kind of things let down after the holidays. But two, it is so hard to launch a wellness campaign in January from a business perspective, as you have people that are on holidays throughout December you're trying to kick it off in January and get your team re-engaged, like that's kudos to you for doing that. But my question on this is for engagement, like did you find there were certain types of activities that saw a real uptick in how employees responded versus others? Yeah. So, you know, what we did was, you know, we knew that, you know, people would be on vacation the start of the January. So we kind of, you know, launched it maybe the second week, um, you know, January so that, you know, we get more response rate and participation. And then we kept it open to, you know, kind of mid-Feb, right? But to answer your question, Jess, I think, you know, the kind of activities where we found uptick was one, you know, the general activities that we gave out. It is a journal day today. So, you know, journal everything that you want to do, right? Or, you know, if it was a water challenge. Or, you know, if it was a meditation challenge. People love, or, you people know, love competition. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it could be like a stretch challenge where, you know, they have to just stretch for two times a day to begin with. And, you know, take a picture where everybody is kind of stretching and then, you know, sent to us, right? So those activities, I think, you know, was a big hit because it became more of a team effort, not an individual effort. But the other thing that we thought that, you know, we will not get a good response, but actually we did was, you know, the inspirational stories. When we were discussing as a team, okay, will this be a hit or not? Will we get enough responses? Most of us thought that, you know, let's give it a try. I think, you know, we should still do it. Let's see how many people respond. Then, you know, maybe we can decide later, maybe for future initiatives. But really, it was a big hit. It was very, very surprising for us to see that there are so many employees out there who really want to pour their heart out and, you know, who want to share their experiences, voice their opinions. And, you know, not a lot of people are camera shy. And, you know, they don't really care how they look in the camera when they are, like, recording themselves, right? Really surprising to see how many clicks we got and how many videos, you know, were sent to us, you know, to upload. I was really interesting to see. How did you go about uploading or distributing those videos? So we have an internal communication platform 
and we know we have that tool and you know that tool is accessible by every single employee you know it's accessible by everyone and we also have like a intraweb uh, SharePoint intraweb page where you know all the updates about the company or you know all such kind of initiatives are posted and also one of my team members went an extra mile and really shared those videos over an email to you know uh, most of the uh, managers so I think that was um, another way of kind of you know sharing those videos with everyone and you were able to track clicks and usage of those Especially, you know, through Yammer, we were able to do that. Probably, you know, some employees were not very comfortable recording a video, but they did comment on a lot of videos. And through comments, they started sharing their experiences too, because it was so relatable. So I think, you know, they, they saw something in common and they started commenting saying that, you know, oh, the same thing happened with me too. And this is how, you know, I did. I totally agree with you. So, you know, those kind of mutual conversations, commentaries, I think that also really opened, you know, a platform, I guess, you know, for all employees to communicate and bring closeness in this kind of hybrid environment or even in retail where, you know, people are just in their stores working. I think this was an opportunity for them to just come together and share their thoughts and, you know, build on the connection. Let's jump back in here. I think it'd be really interesting to talk a little bit more about, you know, warning signs of things like burnout or just people that might need a little extra assistance or, or need a little more self-care. For warning signs, I guess, you know, for me, when I talk about mental health and wellness, it just means being a wholesome person. To me, I'm not a licensed psychologist. So, you know, my definition for mental health and wellness might sound very spiritual, but makes total sense that, you know, if mental wellness or wellness, you know, is when there is an alignment between physical, mental and emotional being. If there is a misalignment in any of these, then that's when I guess, you know, we tend to have burnout. And also burnout essentially is not a very extremely negative word because all of us experience burnout at some point in life. If the burnout can be for an hour or it can be for a day or it can last forever and then, you know, become into a more of a chronic issue, right? Really the catch there is, you know, how self-aware you are, you know, what are the signs you need to look for? So that way, you know, you can immediately pivot and, you know, take some actions, you know, to reduce the anxiety and the burnout, right? So I think that's the catch. It would be really probably close to impossible to say that, you know, no person will have a burnout in their life, right? So it will be, but you know, the thing is, we need to know what are, we need to focus on the science and then, you know, immediately take some actions, right? So really some of the early warning signs, you know, for the physical signs of burnout could be inconsistent sleep patterns, change in your diet. Those are kind of, you know, the two main things that kind of, you know, pop out, you know, for mental science, I think, you know, it is, could be lack of, you know, attention not able to focus, you know, on some project 
that probably you were able to before, but now you're unable to focus on that project in your professional life. So, uh, or, you know, having this very constant foggy brain, you just feel lost. You don't know. You don't know how to prioritize. You feel that there is a lot going on in your head. You don't know where to start, where to end. So these are kind of, you know, some of the mental signs. And the emotional signs are, you know, really lack of motivation, feeling defeated, cynicism, always, you know, doubting yourself and, you know, not really confident, you know, in anything that you do. So these are, I think, you know, some of the early warning signs that, you know, every employee should be aware about and, you know, immediately kind of, you know, take some actions. I guess, you know, once you know the concern, it's just easier to address that. So are these things that you kind of make aware to employees? Like, is this something you would send out email notices, put in the newsletter posters, or what are you doing to communicate this? That's a great question. I guess, you know, we, we follow different ways of communicating this. Could be, you know, through newsletters that happen that goes out every month. It could be random posters, putting those posters out and talking about, you know, wellness and, you know, early signs and what you could do. Even like while you're working, you could do a few things to, you know, reduce your burnout or, you know, not get into that borderline, right? So we kind of, you know, do that sporadically on, you know, internal communication platforms. What I believe in though, focusing on what a leader can do with their team members around this topic. There could be a lot of tools, initiatives that the company can roll out. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to what a leader does with their team, because that's where the connection lies. And HR is sitting somewhere and, you know, rolling out initiatives. Will it be uh, perceived or received really well, you know, by the employees versus a leader, their direct leader who has built that connection, has built that trust and, you know, who talks to this person every single day, right? I think, you know, that's what I believe in. So really, we want to focus more on training these leaders to have those conversations, destigmatize mental health. It's okay if their team member comes and tells them, I want to have a mental health day today. No judgment, right? I'm not in the headspace, you know, to work. I want to take a day off. No questions asked. Sure, how can I support you? Training these leaders, you know, to navigate those conversations, how to effectively handle those conversations with the team and constantly bring this up with their team members, whether it is in their one-on-ones or whether it's their team huddles. I think that is the most effective way of, you know, making sure that the wellness is kind of woven into the culture and you know it is looked at every single day and not just through tools and initiatives and programs not just the hr sending it out either because <laughs> it has to be in every conversation well said and also it comes to mind it's important to empower employees to feel that they can do that request a day off or talk to their you know their direct reporter whomever about their current mental health and about what they want to do about it. But it's true, Nathan, that's really the crux of all of this is getting each leader to a point where they make it safe and open for each employee to have an open conversation. The challenging thing is 
a lot of times that's coming to either the business owner to help their leaders do that or HR. And it's a lot of work because people don't naturally have that ability. It takes a lot of work to create and continue to evolve that that skill set. It's not something that just people have. I mean, some people do and kudos to them. Most people need a lot of development in that area. And maybe, you know, taking it a step further, at least in our company, what we are trying to do is, you know, we are building a performance management system. So I would like to see mental wellness as part of the KPI for the leader. It should be part of their goal. I think, you know, that is another way of, you know, conveying a message that mental health and wellness is considered important in this company. You know, it's just not, you know, a topic, you know, for quarterly meetings or, you know, for any programs or initiatives, but this is the value of the company. We believe in, you know, having wellness programs and, you know, we believe in employees, you know, being happy, genuinely happy and, you know, focus on their wellness, right? So at least, you know, that's what we are thinking that, you know, maybe to include that as, you know, in their performance reviews as well. So that way, you know, the manager kind of always talks about, you know, mental health and wellness with the team and make sure that, you know, all their team members are happy and engaged and also talk a little bit more about various metrics. Maybe, you know, we need to look at people who are going on sick leave how often they're going on sick leave or illness leave and what is the reason behind that? Out of all those illness, injury, sickness, leave, how many of them are going on leave because of mental health burnout and how we as a company can support them, you know, in a better way so that, you know, these leaves will reduce. So I guess looking at, you know, more of these metrics and, you know, talking about it also definitely, you know, helps. And lastly, it's always very effective if it's a top-down approach. So I think, you know, every senior executive leader should be able to talk to it, should have this topic in every single message that they convey. It's almost like weaving it into the culture, not just talking about it, but it's weaving it into everyday language of the supervisors or the leaders or the team leaders. And, and then that then trickles into the team members in their everyday language, not only to their bosses, but to their fellow employees also. And then new employees that come in, it's all part of that culture, I guess. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Shoutouts, where we recognize the things that are making life just a little bit better. Hey, so let's take a break and do a shoutout. <laughs> this is a section where we shout out anything. It can be your car, it can be an app you use, it can be a service you use, it could be a friend, it could be if you're me shouting out Audible six times in a row. <laughs> For me, it's an interesting one because it's something where I realized I've changed my opinion on something. So I want to give a shout out to Air Canada. I've recently had a fantastic experience on, you know, a lot of long flights. My prior experiences with Air Canada were completely the opposite. However, I was definitely converted this stage of these long journeys. They were fantastic and uh, above and beyond. So that's my shout out. It's to Air Canada and their service on long flights. And I'm sure that'll be highly debated depending on the circles you're in. I'm an Air Canada fan too. So. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> Transitioning. Uh, Shweth, do you have a shout out for the listeners today? 
I think, you know, today I would want to give a shout out to all the pharmacists out there, you know, who have put in crazy hours during pandemic, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, really taking care of the community, going an extra mile. There are doctors who would have seen birth and death on the same day during the time of pandemic. There are pharmacists, you know, who had to work extra long hours giving COVID shots and really working in that vulnerable environment. And, you know, sometimes had to really navigate your tough conversations with patients and not, you know, making them upset. Having those conversations are not fun and it's not easy. So a huge shout out to all the pharmacists who are really working and taking care of our communities. Almost was going to give my shout out to like Flair Airlines. Because <laughs> I just flew with them and they take a lot of bad headlines, but they're a discount airline and they get what they get. Like it's not great, but it's fine. No bells and whistles. But that's not your shout out today. <laughs> it's not my shout out, but it's funny that you said Air Canada. That's why I'm laughing because that, that would have been kind of funny if I went first or something. It's an endorsement show for Air Canada today. (laughs) Wasn't by design, I promise. We do not have sponsors. My shout out today is going to be purposefully done because I know we're several weeks behind. This will get published at a different time. So my shout out is to the Edmonton Oilers, who as of yesterday played their last game, regular season game. They're first of all, just extremely entertaining and fun to watch. By the time this comes out, they'll likely have defeated the Boston Bruins in four in the finals. And it's going to be great. That's where this is going. So I'm going to need some self-care if that works out. I'm going to need some (laughs) (laughs) self-care. This has been Shoutouts. A question that's been, I know, in my mind a lot, and depending on the company you're in, you're at various stages of this journey of self-care and wellness for your people. You know, Shreth, there's something you've been passionate about and you know, obviously, we have a lot of history, and I've seen your your passion for this in a number of different ways, personally and professionally. With your perspective on things, what are one or two little things maybe employers could do to kind of get started on this journey? If they haven't done a lot, like, how could they kind of get started? That's a great question, Jess. I think, you know, we are indeed living in a complicated world. You know, it is definitely not the same, the world how it was, you know, three or four years ago. I think change management is a big thing these days. You know, we are living in a world where, you know, the skills are becoming obsolete very soon. So that's why, you know, we talk about reskilling and upskilling so often. We live in a world where, you know, there is diversity and inclusion that has taken, you know, the forefront. And not a lot of us know how to really handle those questions or, you know, build strategies around those, right? So to my previous point of, you know, holding polarity and, you know, recognizing polarity and being okay to, you know, have this and that. So, you know, all this kind of, you know, is a change and, you know, we are living in a complicated world. I think, you know, first, we all need to recognize that, you know, not beat ourselves up and recognize that, you know, we are living in a complicated world, things have changed, and, you know, it is okay, you know, to take small steps, you know, to get to where uh, we want to. So I guess, you know, in terms of maybe the first two steps, I would say is really get a buy-in 
from you know your your senior executive leaders on you know what you want to focus on you know for the rest of the year how they perceive health and wellness and you know how they would like you know to weave that into the culture mission vision of the company i think you know that is really really important so you know maybe it starts there you know having a conversation with the senior leaders and asking them what they think about wellness and you know kind of build initiatives to support the values the mission the vision and the culture of the company so you know maybe that could be you know the first step and maybe you know the next step is you know once you have clarity on that you know encourage leaders to talk more about self care destigmatize you know mental health probably you know give them some scripts initially uh, you know some scripted thing where you know they can use that you know for their teams if they are really uncomfortable talking about that you know maybe put up like a faq or you know give like a script that you know it will be like a cheat sheet you know for leaders so that you know they can have those meaningful conversations you know with the team members and really focus on you know your internal values it's really interesting how you kind of align at least one of your internal values with you know the organizational value i think you know that's when you know we talk with conviction and you know we are able to convey the message to the audience when we truly deep down believe in you know what we are doing so really you know bloom with grace you know practice gratitude be kind and compassionate to yourself and others these are few things that you know that's innate i don't think so this is something that you know we need to teach people this is actually innate and it is there within us probably it's forgotten or maybe you know we just need some reminders but really all these things we already have it because we are social beings so really focusing you know on those things that probably you know is there somewhere deep inside but maybe because of various reasons is not being paid attention to right so focusing on those things i think you know these will be some of my first few recommendations you know to start that self care journey to talk about wellness and you know to treat people the way you want to be treated and you know focus on happiness awesome way to summarize that an awesome way to conclude this whole conversation and we really appreciate your thoughts and your knowledge and your willingness to share that with us so thank you very very much for being here and and joining us always a blast to see you yeah sharing your insights and your your view on this as i said earlier you've always had a deep passion for self care and i i feel like your perspectives are something that'll help people you know kind of take a different path maybe and maybe take that step to talking about it yeah there is not like a silver bullet answer i guess no <laughs> too bad <laughs> <laughs> right really whatever works for you i think that's what it all comes down to maybe meditation is not for you where you know people talk so much about you know oh you have to start your day you know meditating maybe that's not for you so you know just look into something that works for you right so whatever works at the end of the day you know to be happy 
Thank you so much. And I really appreciate both of you inviting me for this podcast. This was my very first experience, really unique experience where I'm able to just pour my heart out and, you know, convey to the world what I believe in and, you know, what will work you know, if we did it consistently. So really it was a very unique experience. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for listening. Go make it a great day.